Hey guys, this is Ray Ray. And this is Dave Van Bever. And uh, before we get to our episode, we just wanted to make sure that we got a couple of announcements. There's a couple of big announcements, especially a brand new sort of sad announcement. But we wanted to make sure that we get this out to you as soon as possible uh, before we get into the show with Ben Hawkins and us talking about Don Hinkle. Anyway, um, there has been a postponement of the Go Therefore uh, Abolish Abortion Conference. So there's uh, various reasons and everything, and uh, it just wasn't going to be the right time. Um, but we are looking towards spring. So I talked to everybody, uh, elders at my church and then everybody involved, you know, Dusty and Bill and James and Brett, uh, to, you know, that we're all on board, uh, to look towards spring, especially since it's in the middle of the legislative session, uh, might be a very, very, even more poignant time. We can build something even bigger and better. So, uh, sorry for, uh, having to do that and postpone it. Everybody that did buy tickets, uh, they have been fully refunded. So you should see that reflected, uh, in emails or wherever you get your information about uh, that. But, uh, if there's anything you can contact us at, uh, tag your it pod dot at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any questions about that, but yes, we will be looking towards spring with the go. Therefore abolish abortion conference. And we got one more and I'll let Dave, uh, throw it up there. Yeah, we are excited still to continue to promote our debate on the 23rd of October at 7 p.m. And it is, uh, the picture is being shown there at St. Charles Convention Center Ballroom C&D. Um, the debate, as you've been told, is what does the Bible say about end times? And you can respond to the event on Facebook. If you just go to the Tag Your It podcast, you'll be able to see the event linked there, as well as the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network Facebook page. Really looking forward to the debate, and it should be a very exciting thing. I'm looking forward to getting to hear Adam debate. And uh, I actually came up on my feet a little while ago when you debated the Freemasonry guy. That yes, wasn't too that long ago. So, so yeah, uh, it's been a while said. since yeah, since it's been a while for me to be uh, my lone ranger self and uh, be moderated by this guy who knows how to scowl with a uh, timer in his hand. So yeah, it'll be it'll be a great time. But yes, we'll be having four views uh, talking about uh, end times. So good thing we're not talking about the millennium, right? Better let's talk about some end times anyway. But yeah, we got me, we got Gabriel, we got uh, Colton and Dennis Jackson. All of us are uh, Missouri Baptist apologists, and it's going to be a good time. So please make sure that you're if you are up in St. Charles, if you are planning to go on the go to the Missouri Baptist annual meeting, uh, come a day early, and this will be October 23rd. Uh, it's free. There's going to be food. It's going to be a sweet room. There's going to be I don't know. It's 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 pretty fancy. Anyway, yeah, so it'll you know, be really it's, cool. yeah, so it's going to be a good time. And we're going to talk about the end times. So, you know, everybody likes their eschatology. Let's have some fun. So we'll have four guys, four views talking about what does the Bible say about end times. So I'm thinking we got those announcements out of the way. And so here comes the Tag Your It podcast. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal Welcome, everybody, to the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am David Van Bever. 
And we've got a special guest with us uh, today, and uh, this is a, a special episode. Uh, you know, it kind of hits us to the core because we did not have an episode last week. But who do we have with us today? I am Ben Hawkins. I work with the Pathway newspaper at the Missouri Baptist Convention. Thanks. Yes, sir. Yes, and we had you back in July 2019. So this is Ben Hawkins, and if you have not, uh, uh, if you've been a part of the podcast, you've seen him before. If you haven't, uh, he's been uh, on our podcast before again, July 2019. He's an editor uh, for the Missouri Pathway, and he did a really awesome uh, just uh, over the consecutive newspapers. Anyway, he did the Conservative Resurgence. Prior to that, he did something, some stuff on the Reformation for the Reformation year and all that kind of stuff. So um, he's been working uh, his fingers to the bone all the time editing. So, sir, we are so glad to have you on the podcast yet again. So thanks for making your second appearance. You can get the, uh, the second timers club uh, jacket that we don't have. <laughs> you probably dress for that, right? <laughs> yeah, I might, I might have to get that for it. Actually, no, no, no. We can hand deliver it to the Missouri Baptist Building. We know where you're at. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for coming on the show, man. Well, we have Ben on here today because Ben, of course, worked with our dear friend, Don Hinkle. We're so thankful for Don's ministry. And so we kind of wanted uh, in any way to use this program to uh, commemorate Don and to celebrate his impact, not just on us as a podcast, but in our lives spiritually, uh, the way that the Lord used him. And uh, so if you don't mind, uh, we had planned to have Don on on the 26th of September. The Lord had other plans and his plans are always good. So we adjusted our plans according to his plans. So if you don't mind, Ben, tell us a little bit about our friend Don Hinkle, how you met him, your background with him as we just uh, praise God for his impact, not just on us, but Missouri Baptist and Southern Baptist. Okay. Well, I met Don nine years ago. Um, I was a I was a student at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth and was working in the communications office there. And I was sensing a need to uh, to move somewhere else. That I was finally at the point in my PhD doctoral work that I could get off campus, and my family needed a getaway, and I needed to find a job where I could really take care of my family. And we were just praying through that. Um, and my editor there in the comms office at Southwestern, he uh, he had connected with Don, and Don was looking for an associate editor here at the Pathway newspaper, and. And uh, my editor Keith Collier down there, he he recommended recommended that Don give me a call. And I re- I remember the day that Don called me, and we uh, just the conversation we had, and, and and we were having a good conversation. I remember at some point I mentioned how how I was interested in Christian worldview type of uh, uh, you know dynamics and uh, and subjects. And um, just talking about in the context of journalism, and uh, Don kind of stopped me there, and that that perked up his interest. I think that got him, that hooked him in, mm-hmm. um, because if you know Don, he he as a as a journalist and as an editor of the Pathway for the path for for twenty years, and really in journalism for I think forty or fifty years. Um, uh, worldview issues have have been huge, especially in in his Christian journalism work, and and, and Don has always just pushed that 
in a major way and here at the pathway as well so we we got to know each other uh, know each other through that and it's just been um the past nine years of working with don have been uh amazing he's been probably the best boss a guy could have just in the sense of caring for caring for family you know he cared for me cared for my family you know just cared for me in a very holistic way and you know he 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 also was um you know he, he was fun to work with he always um you know you could see it in his columns he he didn't he didn't mind poking the bear occasionally and and just um, having some fun in, in the work that he did and and dealing with honestly uh, serious cultural issues you know mm-hmm. but at the same time um, uh, it, it was neat to see him and know him as someone who you know he was even though he was very passionate. Um, he he was someone that if if he heard from God on something, even if we were he were passionate in one direction about something he heard heard from God, he would turn immediately and go the other direction. Mm-hmm. You know that's what God told him to mm-hmm. do. And, and I can't I I can just remember how many times he he would say, well 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 I was, well, I was talking with God last night about this and, uh, and and he'd move forward in a different direction. Um, then maybe maybe I expected them to. Um, and of course, um, after 20 years at the pathway, um, on September 22nd, Don went home to be with the Lord. And over the past week, we've um, it's been a hard hard week over the past week, but we've uh, had some opportunities really to honor him and, and to thank God for him and for yeah. his ministry here in Missouri. One of yeah, the things. Oh, oh, go yeah, for it, go. Adam. Oh, I was just going to continue on, but I think you got something to kind of put in the middle of probably where I was going there. Well, I was just going to say one of the things that I appreciated about Don was uh, he was not uh, an abolitionist like Adam and I. That's always a big part of our program and something we definitely are passionate about. But what I will always uh, give Don a great credit for, he knew that I was outspoken about uh abolitionism, uh, always tried to connect with me on those things. But uh, this year, he made a point to make sure that I got to sit down with the governor and ask abolitionist questions. He knew that I was going to shoot from the hip with abolitionist questions for our, our governor, and he made sure to get me in the room so that I could do that. And that was something I greatly respected. And uh, likewise, him coming on the program uh, shortly after the resolution was passed. And he was basically the only one on our program who wasn't an abolitionist. Uh, And he sat and listened. And I know that he prayed about things. And we had some good discussions on that. And so that was one thing that I I definitely appreciated. I also uh, don't know, I would love, I don't know if we still have it somewhere in our catalog. We had Don on our program the first time speaking, actually doing a debate on whether Mm -hmm. or not we should continue doing the pledges uh, for Vacation Bible School. And that was one of our like most downloaded episodes. And Don just uh, just hit it right out of the park. I mean, his personality, his characteristics. uh, One of the things, though, that uh, Adam, go for it. I don't want to don't want to cut you off there. Oh, no, 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 no. Keep on going because, yeah, mine's going to be mine's a good bridge here. So (laughs) you're, you're good. One of the things that we were going to uh, try to 
deal with Don about was to give us some of the pathway background. That was one thing we were really mm-hmm. looking forward to because we wanted to celebrate uh, his his retirement and the legacy that the pathway is. Uh, again, still think it's one of the best uh, state newspapers uh, in the convention and uh, really look forward to where it's going to go and really thankful for that. So would you help us uh, if we were to have asked Don uh, about the history of the pathway, because we want to celebrate the Christian journalism, a Christian worldview perspective. I mean, uh, that's always such a, a key thing for me is advocating for a Christian worldview, training people to think Christianly. So tell us a little bit about the birth of the pathway, because I actually don't know all of those things. And so uh, give us some of the history of the pathway that uh, God called Don to uh, help establish. Okay. Um, well, well, about 20 years ago, uh, as you guys might, might know, the NBC was a totally different place than it is today, the, talking about the Missouri Baptist Convention. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, in, in a lot of ways, a battleground because you had uh, just infighting, um, outgrowth, basically, of the conservative resurgence after, after things were after the conservative resurgence ended maybe in the national spectrum in the SBC realm it went to the states and so you had you had uh, infighting within the state of Missouri and other states as well um, uh, about the direction that the convention was going to head and and so forth and part of that was you had the uh, in the context of that, you had some of the agencies break away, um, I- including the the old um, Missouri Baptist uh, newspaper where the, where there was some problems, the the Word and Way, and and they bro- they broke away, and the and the Missouri Baptist Convention decided instead of trying to fight to get that newspaper back, they just let them go and start. Mm-hmm. To, and start a new, new newspaper. And so when they did that, they they uh, were looking for someone to hire as their new editor. They wanted someone who was conservative, who was a who was an inerrantist, um, who, who who understood what what had happened in the Southern Baptist Convention and the Missouri Baptist life. And so they went and they talked around. They they looked. They found Don over at. A Southern Seminary. He was working on his master's, and I think at that point he was had already started his doctoral degree. Uh, ended up getting a master of theology um, degree, uh, but but he was there at, at Southern Seminary under Al Mohler in the in the in the in the nineties, um, and got to see some of that firsthand. Um, uh, but but. But Don was he he was um, he loved the work of the conservative resurgence, mm. um, and he would say, and he said it mul- multiple times that that this paper, this newspaper, was born out of the conservative resurgence. It was in Missouri. It was called Project One Thousand, um, mm. uh, named after the One Thousand Men. Or one thousand votes they needed to be able to flip the the boards and flip things here in the state. Yeah. Um, move move uh, firmly in a conservative direction, and, and that that is what happened. And when when Don came here, um, he he he, you know, he he just put his whole heart and soul into defending the conservative resurgence in the state and building this paper um, from the ground up. 
Yeah, yeah, and and that with that said, that's a perfect little segue where I was heading anyway. But uh, you know, there's more to Don than just uh, writing articles and everything. That you know, I don't, and it's it probably great for people to hear um, just all he did. Um, so he wasn't just banging out articles, uh, you know, for like one article, you know, per paper or something like that. He was he was out. You know, the NBC is located in Jefferson City. What else did Don do um, for? journalism as far as the pathway goes and how much work and like little things that he did to get those stories and and to also further the southern baptist or missouri baptist uh voice um in the area mm-hmm. well i think relationships is a big part of that he just connected mm-hmm. with people and he built he he understood also journalism i mean he had been in uh, journalism, I think, 30 years prior to that, started in the Air Force and and uh, worked in, uh, I know he worked at the Nashville, Tennessee, and I believe, and that's, uh, he was editor of his own, of a, the Columbia Daily Herald there in Tennessee for years, and, and, and he did some other work, so he really understood journalism. He understood how to, how, as someone recently said, how, how to pump, pump him for for good stories, uh, mm-hmm. people for good stories, and um, you know, so so he knew how to do that work and how to build a team uh, of writers and all those kind kind of things. But honestly, the impact that he had went far and above beyond journalism. You know, being mm-hmm. in Jeff City, uh, Missouri, the capital of the state, um, Don was uh, very much involved in the in the politics that was going on here in the state and the issues uh the cultural issues and and especially over the past i'd say six years he he's been very much involved as the public policy advisor of the missouri baptist convention and i tell you what i don't think there was there's anyone who could have done that job better as far as getting getting into the room getting a seat at the table with those policy uh, makers down there and, and just telling them as he would put it, he said he was jeremiah uh, telling them thus saith the lord and whether or not they listen going back and telling them again and again and again and a lot of that too was just uh building relationships and as uh jay ashcroft spoke at his memorial service uh, he's our Secretary of State here in Missouri, and he spoke at Don's memorial service this past week, and and he even said that there were people who were on the who who would have disagreed with Don in every area, who 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 he was able to work his way into their lives, if not on the policy area, at least on a relational area, where where he would listen to them and they would listen to him, and uh, they knew he would. He he was there as a witness for Christ as well as a adv- advocate for scriptural uh, viewpoints on policy issues. I like hearing stories about Don because he was a big guy with a big personality, but also a guy who had a heart. And that was one of the things that I really enjoyed. Uh, the times that I got to have with him on the phone uh, – talking about a few different uh, issues that I got myself mixed up in. And uh, I was always grateful for his encouragement in those things. Uh, 
help us out and tell us one of your favorite Don memories. You probably shared it as memorial service, but neither of us got to be there. Uh, give us a uh, give us a story briefly or however long you want to take about something that really uh, represented John, uh, Don's impact on you and, and how it continues to to move you forward as a journalist now and as an editor. Well, you know, so many of the stories I think of that come to mind immediately are are the stories that Don told about his own experience and experiences in life. Um, uh, you know, about times uh, times when he he would from his early days in journalism where he he'd break the big news story or he'd uh, he'd do things like that. Um, honestly, yeah. I, there, there are so many. There, things are so fresh, honestly, with with the uh, with with this passing that it's so hard to um, come up with just one story about Don. Um, you know, honestly, the things I'm going to miss about him are just the uh, uh, you know. Just the conversations we would we we would see, and he probably uh, uh, I don't know if he if he was happy for me to barge in on his office all the time, but we we'd get <laughs> sit down for a sit down for a conversation, or or I'd just stand at his door and we'd be sit, standing there for hours, just talking about solving the problems of the world, um, about things. I do remember one one <laughs> just humorous things. You know, Don was, he was such, he's had so much life and uh, passion about things. I remember we have a journalism retreat every year. And we, uh, one year we took it out of town to a campground type of thing. And we, we were standing around the fire and he was just, he was holding this walking stick in his hand and he was standing around the fire and and he was going on just passionately about Christian journalism and uh, how important it was and and, and, you know, it was like, I don't know if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, but it was like he was Gandalf there. Mm. Standing, you know, mm. and I'll, I'll always remember just the, uh, just the passion he had. And, well, that kind of moves me into yeah. this little connection with Don as a Christian journalist. And it always brings me to definition. Uh, what is a Christian journalist and why is Christian journalism so important? Why is it really good that we have a Missouri Baptist pathway? And even now today, you still impact students uh, doing some teaching in Christian journalism. How would you define a Christian journalist? And maybe how did Don help you uh, come to a working definition of that? And why is that important? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think, you know, how Don would define it and how I would define it, um, maybe not a definition per se, but uh, when we thought about Christian journalism, we thought about um, someone who is who a, someone who is able to uh, report on all areas of life in this world from a Christian perspective. Um, uh, he, he was not a... He was not just interested in what was happening in the church house. I mean, even though he was interested in that, he wanted to see, show what God, and I want to show what God is doing um, in, 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 inside churches 
uh, and through churches in our communities. But there's uh, also so interested in looking at everything that's going on in our world today, globally and uh, more locally, um, and looking at well, what does the biblical worldview have to ha- shed light? How does the biblical worldview shed light, shed light on those issues? Um, and I think that is the key central thing to Christian journalism. Um, uh, I, I remember early on when I when I first interviewed, came up to to Jeff City to interview with Don. We we talked about this uh, this book. I mentioned this book to uh, Don, asked him if he knew anything about it, and uh, it's Telling the Truth by Marvin Olasky, who is uh, who or who was until recently the editor of uh, World Magazine. And Marvin, uh, he, he has, um, he kind of pioneered this whole idea of Christian journalism, really pushing it forward, uh, talking about what he called biblical objectivity, you know, truly seeing, seeing things objectively, but you can't really see things objectively unless you see them um, as much as possible from God's, from a scriptural point of view. You're looking for the truth of the matter, telling the truth. And I remember when Don, we were driving in the car one night. Um, he was taking me back to the airport, I think. And, uh, uh, you know, I asked Don about that. And he said, oh, yeah, he loves that magazine. He, lo- you know, he loves Marvin Olasky because in, in a lot of ways, uh, the pathway was uh, formulated in that same uh, kind of shaped after Wo- World Magazine and its vision. Uh, and, and a lot of what they say is that Christian journalism is about telling stories about how God redeems sinners, how God saves sinners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to say it, um, you know, Christian journalism, journalism and what the pathway is doing is talking about uh, it's telling good news in the world got, gone wrong. Mm-hmm. We don't ignore the fact that this world has gone fundamentally wrong and there's there's sin. We can't hide ourselves uh, to the fact of sin, but God is at work in this world. Um, and, and I could go on just talking scripturally about uh, the back background of that, but I don't want to belabor the point. Oh no, it's a it's a wonderful point though, because like what you're saying is that you know if we're not telling the story, um, even in a journalistic sense, that story is not going to be told. And the gospel doesn't get out. So, you know, it's a wonderful thing that I think it's you put it on the head there. Um, if we don't tell the story of that, then what does the world see? And we're always in Southern Baptist uh, meetings going, the world's watching, the world's watching. They're not just watching the meeting. It's all of all of life. And uh, so would you say that that's the importance um, of the yeah. journalism, you know, so it's, it's almost, it's discipling and it's also evangelistic. We don't, it's really hard that, to see those things, but you know, through a newspaper, um, you're yeah. discipling people, yeah. um, through a newspaper, you're, you're doing the evangelism and all that kind of stuff. And that's what we're meant to get together on and do. Yeah. I know in, in this book, again, Marvin Alaska, tells a story about, um, at one time he went and spoke at a conference and J.I. Packer was, another a speaker in one of the other breakout sessions and after after he led his breakout session he he which was at the same same time as j.i packer's session uh, he 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 saw j.i packer in the hall afterwards and, and he said hey i wish you know honestly i i, I wish i could have been in yours it would have been 
talked to Dr. Packer, it would have been of so, so much more value. Um, and J.I. Packer, he, he told uh, Marvin Olasky, kind of rebuked him in a way, said, no, wait a minute there. And, and here's, here's the quote he told him. He said, think of what revitalizing journalism would do for the cause of Christ in America. It is the most needed sort of pre-evangelism. It is training in Christian worldview. It is an aid to sanctification, and you need to teach people how to do it. Um, mm. And it really is. I like you said that word, uh, making disciples. You know, um, in, in a lot of ways, every journalist is a disciple, disciple maker. But just not all journalists are making disciples of, for Christ. Mm. They're making yeah. disciples for whatever secular worldview they mm. have. And, and that's the importance of Christian journalism is that we need to have journalists who are committed to telling the truth and in such a way that we are helping to make disciples uh, of Christ um, yeah. and, and telling his truth. Um, and of course, that, you know, that, um, that, that sometimes that can be easier or harder depending on what the story is. Um, same thing that historians deal with, you know, how do you, how do you, in, in complex uh, uh, events that happen in the world, how where do you see God in those events, and how do you how do you uh, take Scripture to those things? Um, uh, but but there there is an importance of in sort of sort of an adventure in trying to trying to make shed light on what God is doing around the world in the world around us. Yeah, and so you say like you're we're making you know I'm glad you recognize I mean it's a whole worldview issue and so you know as Christian journalists um, with with that in mind they're they're telling the story they're framing it and basically um, as we would say on the podcast and uh, in, in, in other sorts of areas like you know we're thinking God's thoughts after Him and so we're we're framing these stories and the significance of the grander story of redemption you know mm-hmm. creation fall redemption how that's worked out we're here now um and so you're you're saying you know that there's other world views there's other journalists um other preachers other sort i mean you can take the take the name you can find somebody that's being a secularist pastor or a buddhist pastor or whatever and they're they're doing the the work of a pastor in that world view or you know the journalist doing his thing in his world view um so we recognize that that's a problem you know um what kind of you know what other problems are are is journalism like christian journalism facing right now and uh what's something that uh you would see with the direction of uh, the pathway going forward from here um what's going on now and how can you know how can we help support really um as readers as people in the missouri baptist like how can we support that that the pathway going into the days ahead with those problems mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad you said that because uh another book i was thinking about as we as we as i was just thinking about this the po- podcast that was going to be happening uh, was was this book how the news makes us dumb. I hope you see that, okay? Um, and it is by C. John Somerville, and it was written probably, t- I think, twenty years ago or so, back in the mm-hmm. days pre pre internet, um, before the internet really made it big, um, and, and so pre social media and all those things. Mm-hmm. And and uh, he 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 says. He makes the point that one of the problems with journalism 
and, and w- with the news and how it makes us dumb is that it's so fragmented. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so fragmented mm-hmm. from the rest of the realities of life and, and mm-hmm. being driven. Uh, you know, you saw it in the, during the COVID-19 um, pandemic, I think. Uh, a good example of this is it, it was always uh, they were always pushing us to see how many how many how many uh, deaths today, how many how 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 far have the numbers gone up today? It doesn't matter. Putting it in perspective doesn't matter um, so much at, in journalism too often, especially mm-hmm. in our social media age. Uh, perspective is lacking so mm-hmm. often. Um, and I think that 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 can be a problem for Christian journalism unless it's done right, you know, because one of the opportunities for Christian journalists is to put put the news in a broader perspective um, and not not um, not see things in such a frag fragmentary ephemeral way, but put them in into more of an eternal perspective, long term perspective of how things will be. Um, and of mm. course, there's you know there, so many of the um, uh, problems with journalism today, just in general, is uh, just lack of trust in, in journalism, yeah. and not just Christian journalism, but but over, across the nation, uh, there's just a lack of trust. There's a um, in some ways, there's almost a you know there's a growth in advocacy almost activist kind of journalism mm-hmm. we're pushing a viewpoint rather than trying to tell the tr- simply tell them the truth and i think mm-hmm. there is a difference even for christian journalists um we can easily we don't want to get to where we're just pushing a viewpoint we want to we want to tell the truth and, and as christians we that should be um we have the best worldview well for doing that because even in the ten commandments thou shalt not bear false witness i mean Mm -hmm. oh yeah and the church being the pillar and the buttress of the truth you know you go to the the new testament if we're gonna we're all churchmen if we're christians right doesn't matter again if you're a journalist uh an apologist that's not i mean those are not offices you know those are gifts and they're you know we we realize that we have them and then we recognize people recognize that in us and then we get to use them when we come around but yeah we're supposed to be a pillar and the buttress of the truth and we're supposed to be for truth and yes we we don't have the best worldview we have the only worldview that can make sense of of any of this stuff and to frame any of this stuff with any sort of actual meaning to actually put the money behind it to print it on paper and send it out to people's mailboxes and throw this stuff out i mean it's it's an amazing thing and yeah if we uh if we're not putting it out and if, if the world can't trust a Christian journalist, then who can they trust? And then we're all divided and uh, just look out the window and how we're acting whenever we can't, uh, whenever there's no, there's no standard of trust. Mm. So, but yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. This is a very Shafirian too. So before that book was written, if that book was written 20 years ago, you know, you had Francis Schaefer and his Christian manifesto, you know, talking to, I mean, you can, you can fill in the blanks, but you know, in that, in that book, he says, you know, we, we don't know our government and how it works and we only know it in bits and pieces and not totals. And so that is the problem. We get 
bits and pieces um, when it comes to journalism. You know, you get the TV screen, right? And then you got like a little small image and it looks like this person stabbing the other guy. But then if you looked at the total, it's actually the opposite is going on. And so, yeah, whenever we, whenever we do that, if we don't put frame that and we don't get the full picture, which we should be all about totals too, and then getting to the truth particulars, to put it in front of somebody and, you know, we can only trust the Holy spirit, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, let the Holy spirit do what he does. But yeah, I I'm totally on board and I'm glad that, you know, you, as things have gotten handed over now, um, as, as gracious of God to put it in his heart, to do what he did, um, to start the move and, uh, get out, become the emeritus that he was going to be. And, uh, especially after meeting you for the past couple of years, uh, appreciate your work, that you've done and uh, appreciate that you're still hanging on and you know you've got our support in that um as as we go as the days go forward you're going to need some good apologists it sounds like um to uh to just be brothers that you can come to and we're we're here for you to support you so so i was blessed today to teach one of my favorite theories in my communication theory course media ecology by marshall McLuhan. One of the things that McLuhan talks about in media ecology is that our old mediums uh, continue into the next age of media. For example, a print magazine newspaper is an old medium, but it continues to have relevance today. And there was this beautiful amount of growth in a old medium print journalism that moved forward to become, again, in a time when almost every newspaper is in decline, the pathway has been um, going very much against the stream of things and mm. continuing to gain in readership and popularity. One of the things that I think is so interesting is that Don was, uh, while he was very much uh, traditionalist, he had a view of being able to captivate a traditional print journalism and move it into future things. He had a vision for where things were going. And now the baton has been passed to you, Ben, and to, to others. But how uh, are you all going to continue to move forward? And what is kind of your vision? I would say that the pathway has been a massive success. If if Don were here, I would say, Don, you did something amazing. And, and I know as a person who studies media, that that was a crazy thing to have, have happened. Uh, from going to nothing to the fourth largest, um, the fourth largest newspaper in the state of Missouri. Uh, how are you going to continue, or at least strive to continue on in that trend? <laughs> well, it's really funny. The pathway actually started as a, as an online publication. Um, it's uh, during those first months that it that it existed and then it became a print publication uh, but i love those comments that you said about about print because really you know talking about keeping the context for for our readers you know the pathways a niche publication but how serving our readers best sometimes is is by um you know be, being able to do it in ways that the print can do it in providing more of that context mm. In ways that maybe online, uh, the online world has found difficult, um, even more so than print. 
um, you know, I'm sure there's ways that can be done. You know, you know, talk just talking about what what the future holds for the pathway. You know, I do want to keep pressing on with the with the print print journalism because there's too many people. Honestly, uh, we, a few years ago, uh, we did a survey and there was an, a massive amount of people just. I, I shouldn't use the word massive, but there was a very high, unexpectedly high amount of people who had no access um, to online uh, resources. Um, they lived in rural Missouri, um, and they just, it was either inconvenient, they were still on dial-up, and it was taking forever to, you know, it would take forever just to be able to get on the internet and, and so forth, um, or they just had nothing. And so we want to keep connected with our readers in that way. Um, I definitely do want to strengthen our online presence, you know, as we move forward. But one of the things, again, I want to do, keep doing is uh, going back to that phrase, um, uh, uh, sharing um, good news in the world gone wrong. Um, uh, you know, I, I love the, I love that in, in the book of Judges, you see uh, uh, sort of a biblical reporter um, sharing about all the ways the world was going wrong. And then right next door to it in the book of Ruth, uh, you see what, what God is quietly doing to make all things right um, mm. in, in, during the time of the judges, even when the world is falling apart. Um, so, so, so I definitely want to keep pressing on with that vision that Don had of Christian worldview journalism that's serving Missouri Baptist churches um, and, and serving uh, all Missouri Baptists, not just the the leaders in our churches, but everyone from the pastor down to the you know the the church member who who's driving his tractor, um, you know, d really making it accessible to all all Missouri Baptist church readers in the way that it would serve them. Um, and, and just pressing on with that. So so we're really looking, I'm really looking forward to, to moving, uh, mo moving forward with this and building on everything that's, that Don's done. Um, and really, you know, it's been really weird over the past week um, mm. because Don and I were looking toward a January 1 transition where I'd be taking the helm and he'd be yeah. passing the baton to me at that time. And then all of a sudden he's gone. And I had someone ask me the other day, how does it feel to be the man in charge? And I just said, it feels really weird because <laughs> I, you know. In a lot of ways, he, you know, he still in my heart. He was a guy in charge. You know, he was he was a good editor. Um, uh, but but you know, there there's something about you know, just in the in conservatism that whole idea of conservatism. You know, um, you know, just you're you're getting gifts from people who have come before you and you're trying mm. to pass them down to the next generation. And there's that mm. stewardship I was thinking about this morning um, that that I, I've been given a stewardship that I hope and pray that God would 
give me the strength to be faithful in that I could pass this on to another generation, hopefully someday. You said something, Ben, that struck me, and I don't know if you were able to hear yourself say it, um, but you said that Don will still be the boss. And I think about that in the realm of discipleship and in the realm of the influence and impact that people have on us. Uh, Don is going to continue to reside uh, rent-free in your mind Mm -hmm. as you steward the pathway. (laughs) With that said, what does that remind you of regarding your responsibility to influence others in, as a Christian journalist going forward, and how will you embrace that same concept? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I think, you know, in a lot of ways, and I say that, I mean, this is one of those things that people can easily say, but I say it with all honesty, is Don, Don was sort of a Paul-type figure for me. He wasn't just my boss. He was He was a mentor for me. And so, in a lot of ways, because of that, he will always be you know in my heart and mind and, and kind of um you know j- just knowing everything that he poured into the pathway knowing knowing the way that he served missouri baptists um it, it just intensifies my desire mm-hmm. to to continue and to steward that well and realize this really is a gift that I've been given to do this. But also, you know, Paul, what did Paul tell Timothy? Um, he said, go find others who can, who you can pour into. And, and, and so it, this process replicates over time. And, and, you know, one of the exciting things about the pathway, even before Don passed, you know, we had, we were, this fall, we have two, uh, uh, two interns from uh, Spurgeon College there at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and really, really good, promising guys who are who are doing some good work, and, and we've we've had some fun working together. And I hope we can keep that up, keep build up another generation of of Missouri and Southern Baptist journalists who are committed to not just playing PR, you know, PR is. Mm-hmm but not just doing PR work for for our institutions, but really doing journalism that asks the hard questions, that tells the truth even when it's inconvenient uh, to us, uh, but trust because we can trust God that his truth is as as the uh, as the Anabaptist Balthazar Humeyer once said, his truth is unkillable. Mm-hmm. Truth mm-hmm. is unkillable. Don was such a strong supporter of our podcast. In fact, I think our last email exchange was, hey, anything I can ever do for you guys, let me know. Uh, So we hope that we're able to be an asset to you. Uh, But as we kind of close up shop here, uh, what would be Don's little advice, you think, for even small time, because we would consider ourselves somewhat journalistic in Mm -hmm. what we do. Uh, What would he uh, encourage and implore uh, aspiring journalistic, Christian journalist to to look forward to and to strive towards? Oh, gosh. What would he implore? I think, honestly, um, 
Uh, well, I can say some of the things I would do. Um, <laughs> be you know, get to know your work and 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 do it well. Don't be lazy. Uh, he 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 would say that work. Um, he he often told stories about how how he had written a paper one time and. And, and, and seminary and uh, about about the c- command the Sabbath day command, but he kind of flipped it on its head, you know. In, in that, in, when God started giving the command about the Sabbath day, he says, "For six days you shall work," um, and he he emphasized that point. For six mm-hmm. days you shall work, so get to work mm-hmm. um, and, and be faithful on that. Um, I think one of the things Don realized, especially. You know, six years ago, his wife passed away, and um, you know, I think that op- oh, you know, really changed his heart and mind, and even uh, helped him to realize how, uh, uh, I guess, how ephemeral life is in a lot of ways. But but just how much of this depends not on not how much of our work, whatever we might be doing, whether it's in journalism or, or in the church or anything, uh, depends not on what we do, but on what God does through us. It's on, we just, uh, we're not guaranteed success per se, but we're called to be faithful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what God, and, and if we continue day by day by day, just being faithful, God can, God will do things. Uh, amazing things through that and i think that that's what we saw in don's life is that he just he he saw what the needs of the hour were what the needs of the day were and he poured his whole heart into it and he was faithful on the good days and the bad days and and god did something through that um mm-hmm. through pathway and through his public policy work and i think that's what he told people to do is is get to work, be faithful day in, day out, trust God, knowing that he's the one who's going to bring the fruit, not not you. Um. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that's a, that's a wonderful thing. It sounds, sounds like him anyway, and uh, with my little bit of experience with him, which, I mean, Dave, Dave has had a lot more experience with him than I have, so I could only uh, – um, I just got a little snippet and just going back to just to the uh, we've already talked about the abolition thing, but just the wonderful nature of that and just uh, being able to have a round table conversation with them. He exemplified teachability. He exemplified like just great qualifications uh, for somebody that would be leading, um, especially in a more massive amount that you would be leading with a team of writers and everything that goes into a paper that would then assimilate or, you know, disseminate to like more people. So, you know, he, he, he did uh, have those qualifications and it was wonderful, um, especially on that podcast. That was where I got to like see I, more of a chance to see him in a thought process and coming around and stuff. And again, supporting the podcast uh, and supporting like, you know, given a whole like two page spread just to go, point and counterpoint that was uh very awesome um to be able to to see um the fruit of somebody that is teachable and uh, somebody that is willing to again inconvenient truths you know (laughs) to to tell the story to throw it out there to give it to people wonderful things so i'm very very um respect respect the guy and um 
it's just wonderful knowing that there was a guy like that. And I know uh, we've, we're talking about Don and everything. You have been a supporter of the podcast and we thank you um, so much for that. You know, you've been somebody that um, I'm looking for whenever I'm at the annual meetings, like I got to see Ben, I got to say hi to Ben. He's a nice guy, <laughs> you know? So uh, I know that uh, I can talk to him and he'll want to, he'll smile at me too, because he sees me and I was like, it's, it's kind of cool, you know? So it's a wonderful thing. So I'm glad that you are the one um, that got to, uh, get handed over the keys. Um, we'll be praying for you. We got your back. Um, you know, just continue to be, um, truthful in your journalism. Um, I have no fear, um, for, for that, you know, and it's just a wonderful thing, um, that it continues on, especially as we take on the old word and way stuff. So every once in a while too, so <laughs> on the podcast, so it's not that, uh, you know, we, we are about truth and stuff like that. And that's the way it's worked out. And only one day, um, we can say that, uh, Christ will put us all together reconciled and we won't have to have multiple newspapers like that anymore. <laughs> so, but until then we're going to, you know, help tell the truth, but yeah, if, uh, you know, Missouri Baptist, uh, you know, if you guys need us for anything, we're apologists and we love to do it and we love you. So, um, anything that we can be there for, we're here and we just thank you so much for your time and just sharing the uh, story today, especially in the fact that we had a podcast with them, with Don and it just didn't come. But then again, I posted, you know, you know, who are we to uh, be selfish about it? And uh, he's with Jesus and uh, mm -hmm. nothing better than that right now. So pretty sure the tag you're at podcast as much uh, as much as we think it's great. It's not on his mind anymore. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Not. Yeah, no, 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 no. There's 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 lots of other cool stuff <laughs> going on. Ben, we thank so. you so much for your time, brother. Look forward to seeing you in the near future. I probably don't know that I will see you, but Adam might run into you. Um, yeah, my, sure, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we can look for each other. You know, that's what we do. So, you know, but yeah, but anyway, uh, thank you guys. Uh, oh yeah, go for it. You got some something Appreciate final, you guys, and thank you for letting me on. Oh yeah, dude. Anytime, yeah. You just let us know. Like I said. We got your back, and if there's anything that we can attack on the uh, Tag Your It podcast, uh, feed us some emails, and uh, we'll get on it. So, and likewise, likewise, we'll be sending you some stuff. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, awesome. Well, guys, uh, thank you for uh, listening to the podcast. We hope that uh, if you uh, knew who Don Hinkle was, that uh, you know uh, we continue to pray for his family. Uh, we continue to pray for the pathway, and that they continue to do the work of uh, just faithful ministry and journalism, um, and. Uh, uh, but yeah, just pray for everything moving forward and just uh, definitely for Ben as he takes on a heavy load and, but he's also got people to de delegate it out to. So just pray for that situation. So again, uh, just with that said, this is the Tag Your Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. And Ben Hawkins. And Soli. Deo. Gloria. Gloria.